This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning. It's Friday, January 13th, and I'm on YouTube, so... um you're probably listening to this later though, but I am, let me see. Um, uh, I think it's 13 minutes ago, 12 minutes ago. I can't really see. I'm sorry, 32 minutes ago. So 32 minutes go to the 32 minute mark on, uh, YouTube. If you want to see the charts live, like I'm talking uh, one of the suggestions I got from a listener yesterday is, hey, talk about short squeezes, because I did my flex. <laughs> um, for those of you that aren't part of the private Facebook group, um, you can join the private Facebook group by going to the link tree um, that is in the description. And up top, you'll see a Facebook logo that guides you right to that Facebook um, private group, and you can join. Uh, there is a question to join, so just answer the question and you can join. Uh, but since I was doing my flex and I mentioned that I'm in BBBY, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, and I got into it yesterday, I did not get in with a large, a large amount. I think I put in $100. Um, and while $100 to many folks is a, an enormous trade for me, that is not an enormous trade. Um, it is not going to zero, I don't think. But I got in at $4.13. I chased it up, actually. I, I put it in for $4.08. It didn't confirm uh, right after I put it to just $4.13. Um, it confirmed, and it went down to $4.08, just like everybody else, just like all you guys. But I chased it, got it for $4.13. It went all the way up almost to $6 yesterday. Um, today, it's opening up at $4.89. Uh, the other one that is in a short squeeze that I might get into is Carvana. And that one right now, it closed at $8.03, and it, it is trading at $7.44. Um, the question from the listener, and I think it was Cooper, asked me, hey, just explain short squeezes. So here's the general overview of a short squeeze, and this is what happened with GameStop, and it is brilliantly described um, by the, uh, the, if you go on to Netflix and just search GameStop documentary, um, you can find a, I think it's a four or five, hilarious documentary um, that is funny from its production standpoint, but well, from what it says about the American um, New York Stock Exchange and uh, retail traders, it is not funny whatsoever because they haven't fixed the system. So essentially what happened uh, and what's going on right now is there's this uh, enormous amount of money that is shorted in the market. So what these, these hedge funds do is they wind up, hey, party city. Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, Carvana, you're all going bankrupt. So your stocks are at $7, $8, $10. We're going to short you because we think you're going to zero. And what short is, is you actually 
offer to buy the stock, but at a later date. And that's just a later date means you think that it's going to go down. So the brokerage house is supposed to have a stock and a buyer, uh, and they're supposed to house that stock in order to cover the short. And the brokerage houses in the GameStop situation, there were more shares shorted than were actually fully outstanding. So when you look at some of these things, like on Active Trader Pro with Fidelity, uh, in their order window, they have a short percentage. And it's always a month behind. It's 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 a lagging thing because shorts don't disc- you know, the, the the brokerage houses don't fully tell uh, other than the previous month as to um, uh, when they have short positions. So they'll identify it, but nobody really knows how much is currently in the market. So essentially with Bed Bath & Beyond, I think that's what we're in as well. You can see the 90-day volume is 21 million shares. The 10-day volume is 90 million shares. And if we go over to Finviz and we look at Bed Bath & Beyonds, the shares outstanding, it's 88 million. So every share traded hands yesterday in Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, this is a company that is going absolutely bankrupt, um, 100% it is going bankrupt. You cannot tell me that it's not going bankrupt. The only thing that will derail this, there's two things that will derail this. And, and oh, so essentially these hedge funds short it and they tell the brokerage house, yeah, we're going to buy this at a later date, but we're hoping that it goes down. Um, essentially what happens is the brokerage houses have to find a buy, a buy, a seller of that stock. If for some reason, like what happened in GameStop, uh, Roaring Kitty and those guys just held a ton of shares and they just kept buying. And so during the time when they, they accumulated all these shares, uh, the hedge funds had no shares to buy, but okay. So short. So Bed Bath & Beyond has 80 million shares floating out there. Um, There's 88 million. There's 90 million being traded. Doesn't mean that all 90 million are being shorted. But essentially what happens is when brokerage houses are, the shorts call the brokerage house and they're like, yeah, we want to stop the short. Brokerage houses have to find people that are willing to sell. What happens is sometimes people aren't willing to sell. And so brokerage houses can't close the short. And so that's what happened in GameStop. Uh, Melvin Capital couldn't close their short position. And so in a short position, you wind up actually not being able to cover your losses and they continue. Melvin Capital had their losses continue. Now, I am not shorting Bed Bath & Beyond. I am buying Bed Bath & Beyond. I do not tell people when you short, you have to short on margin. Your your, uh, account has to be margin enabled and you have to basically do it on margin. And if for some reason, say for some reason at a dollar, you short Bed Bath & Beyond and you say, yeah, um, I want to short, you know, $10,000. You have, say you have a million dollar portfolio and you say, I want to short $10,000 of of Bed Bath & Beyond at a dollar. Well, as the stock continues to go up to five, six, seven, eight dollars, you can call and say, I want to close that. Uh, They'll tell you, well, we have to find a buyer and we're not sure when we're going to find a buyer uh, or a seller. 
and you will be put at the back of the line of to probably a ton of people who are trying to close their short positions. And your losses continue to add up as the dollar amount goes, as the price of the stock goes up. So your losses will continue. It's not like buying a stock where you put $10,000 in and if the stock goes to zero, you just lose $10,000. That $10,000 short could turn into a 50, 60, even a hundred thousand or even a million dollar loss if they can't cover the short position because the stock you shorted at a dollar, say for some reason goes up to a thousand dollars. That's a thousand percent, a thousand percent loss on that $10,000. You just blew up your entire account. So I don't suggest anybody, anybody shorts, use your short ETFs. If you actually want to short, um, SOXS, um, you know, SPXL, uh, SQQQ, uh, SARK, use those. You can find individual shorts too. TSLQ is one, but that's how shorts work. And, and, and the way squeezes work and the way, you know, I'm kind of playing bed, bath and beyond is, Hey, I'm buying the stock. And I'm just going to be part of the group that's not necessarily selling. Again, it's $80. It's not a ton of money. It's, I think $100. It's not a ton of money. Um, but I'm, I'm in there. I'm hoping the rug pull doesn't happen. But remember, if even one large uh, shareholder says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to sell. And that's what happened with GameStop. Ryan Cohen wound up pulling the rug out from people. And he wound up selling to some people. Robin Hood? wound up allowing you to sell, uh, but not allowing to buy. And so uh, a lot of people got spooked and they started selling. That's what happened. Watch that documentary. It is amazing. But that's essentially what's going on with Bed Bath & Beyond and Carvana right now. Um, so I wanted to explain that one. Second thing I want to explain and I want to ask is, uh, it, there were quite a few people who signed up for TrendSpider through me. If you have a question about how to use it, what services you want to use, things of that sort, hit me up in the socials. I've been in pretty good discussions with TrendSpider this week that I'm going to either do a live um, demonstration with one of their instructors uh, and I'll use your questions uh, or we'll record it, one or the other. And it's going to be on YouTube. I'll put it up there as a podcast as well. Um, uh, and I'll put it on the Facebook group. I'll put it wherever I can. Um, but it's going to be basically an overview of TrendSpider, what you can do. Um, we'll go over uh, kind of how to build an algorithm like I have mine. Uh, you can get your algorithm if you sign up through me. I'll give you access to mine. I just kind of tell you how to set it up. Um, and I have, have, have other subscribers who have set their own up. One subscriber is actually doing bot trading and having significant success with it. So uh, hit me up on the socials on that one. If you haven't signed up for TrendSpider, the, um, the link is below, 25% off DSP25. Um, let's go over some earnings. Um, Delta, D-A-L. I kind of brought this one up. Delta is a stock um, that I am bullish on, and I thought it was going to hit 40. Um, market is opened up right now. This one gapped down. So while they beat, and they beat big uh, on the top and bottom line, um, crazy good quarter. And they had uh, basically adjusted their earnings a month ago, and they beat those earnings. But the guidance for Q1 was below consensus. 
And then you had all the bank earnings come out and you just saw Delta go down. So Delta right now, um, let's look in Active Trader Pro. Oh, and I got to restart Active Trader Pro. Let me hit pause real quick on this. I'll be right back. Sorry, I had to restart Active Trader Pro. Delta is down 7 to 8% today. And so on the screen, you'll see uh, TrendSpider. You'll see there's going to be a gap. If it doesn't go back up to 38.94, you're going to have a gap. So I would wait for the morning candle. I would wait for some confirmation. Again, that green line is the, the confirmation. That's the nine day. As long as it's under there, you don't have confirmation. And you're getting this little roll over here. And the MACD is kind of moving down. And this one's moving down. I think at some point in time um, uh, this year, Delta Airlines is a $40 stock. I, I just, I kind of see it. Um, and, and, and so I wouldn't necessarily, if you're in this one at 32, maybe take some profits at about 37. Um, I do think that 37.56 is the high in the morning candle right now. Right now, I wouldn't sell it right now just because on the five-minute chart that I'm looking at on uh, Active Trader Pro, um, it just it, it it's too much in a selling. So I wouldn't I wouldn't sell it right now because I do think that this is a, it, this reaction is an overreaction. Sell it when it gets above its nine day, and, and I think at some point in time it, it this will come back um, as a a pretty good uh, rally. Just because, uh, God, guys. I mean, Delta Airlines is the airline. Delta and United are the two airlines that really kill it. Um, and, you know, American Airlines just came out and they, they killed it. They upped their guidance. So I think Delta is just coming down just because their, their guidance was good. Their first quarter, they're just saying, eh, we're going to do eh. But um, BlackRock beak earnings and uh, their CEO Larry Fink is on CNBC right now. Uh, BLK is that symbol. They beat, but not by much. Uh, well, I'm sorry, they did beat by a lot, but they gave uh, slight guidance um, downgrade. And so they, they tempered it a little bit. So you're down a little bit in pre-market. Um, Bank of America beat huge. But when JP Morgan came out, and gave their earnings, even though they beat, Jamie Dimon was not very positive. That brought every bank stock down. This is a stock that, in my mind, gets back here to 37 at some point in time. Right now, it is below its 200-day. I, For me, personally, this is a pretty good time to buy. Again, it's a down day, um, and I wouldn't necessarily buy it today just because my rule is don't buy on a Friday. But... You have your earnings passed. Your ex-dividend date is, um, I don't know. It doesn't tell me the ex-dividend date on TrendSpider. But they just passed it, so it's probably not till March or April or somewhere in that. It was December 1st. Um, let me see. Last year it was, I can look at last year. Let's pull this back a little bit. That's one of the great things about TrendSpider is you can just look at last year too. It was March 3rd. So it's probably going to be about the same time. It's a two point, um, let's see on Finviz, 2.55% dividend. So you've got that 2.55% dividend. I think if you buy anywhere between 31 and 33, you're good. Again, that's, that's not a huge, huge downturn. If you buy at 33 and you go down to 31, just buy more. 
Um, this is one of those stocks that I think you can hold on to. They're doing really, really well with the consumer business. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the best of breed. JP Morgan is one that I, I think it's just Jamie Diamond comments. Um, they wound up beating by a little, but because of this run that it's been on, I, I mean, you're looking at 109 in October and you're at 137 right now. It's a 30% gain. Um, that's just the run. And I think that's where you're seeing it come down. I would say it probably comes down to about 132. At 132, I think you, you pull the trigger and you buy this one. Um, just because, again, it's, it's best of breed. I am not a fan of Jamie Dimon. I am not a fan of J.B. Morgan. I am a fan of the stock. The business is just the business. As long as they're able to manipulate their way into making money, you might as well be in this one too. Wells Fargo, their revenue was uh, weaker than expected. Um, the stock is down. Not down to where I bought it at a few, like last week, I think, at $40.50, but it's down. And it was, uh, it, this was a good run. I was up about 6 7%. It's one that I'm holding on to. Um, it was probably not the right buy because I think JP Morgan or Bank of America were a little bit better buys at the time. But Wells Fargo has a 2.8% dividend. Year to date, it's up 3%. Um, performance for the one year is down 23%. Again, by the, at some point in time this year, it's a $50 stock. I'm happy to wait, you know, collect a dividend until then. It's a bank that's on a rehab. They announced that they're not doing mortgages anymore. Um, they reported that consumer and all banks, they, they just took a leg down with some comments about weakness from Jamie Dimon. Uh, I, I think at some point in time you get back to this 43 range and I think you're okay. Again, I, if you look at just, let's put a, a, a little range in here. I'm going to do uh, this right here, I think is the range at 38 to 44. I think you're in that range. Any point in time you buy on the bottom side of this line, which is about 41, I think you'll be okay. That's going all the way back to June of last year. Um, but things have changed in, in the market. Um, you know, we're getting better uh, news. Uh, we are going to bring down earnings. Uh, I think you're seeing the economy get a little bit more stable uh, with the rate cuts, rate hikes kind of slowing down, inflation slowing down. Um, the one bank that I think is up uh, in today's market, and let me just make sure because they might have been brought down too, is our favorite saying, no, they're down too, shitty group. <laughs> shitty group, the symbol is C, uh, they're down as well. Um, and they were all over the place. They had a crazy high amount um, of, uh, at all the banks, announced crazy, crazy income on uh, fixed income, bonds. So it seems like everybody's getting into bonds. And so these banks, essentially what they do is they charge you for the bonds. Um, they make a ton of money when people buy bonds. You know, Fidelity doesn't charge you to buy bonds, just FYI. Um, you can buy crazy bonds with them. But if you're buying investment bonds and you're buying them uh, in Citigroup, you know, at Citigroup and government bonds, they're charging fees. So they make a lot of money at that because there's a lot of uneducated investors that don't know that you can just buy these things for free. Um, through your brokerage house. So, but there's a lot of people getting into bonds and stuff like that. 
Um, investment banking, which is basically mergers and acquisitions. There's nothing going on. So a lot of these banks like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, they all announced their investment banking was down like 50% year over year. Uh, It's just not going on. So by the way, today is Friday the 13th. Didn't know if you know that, but don't trade on Friday the 13th. Um... Okay, Tesla. We were talking about Tesla on uh, Facebook. On I'm sorry, YouTube. YouTube Live. Tesla is still a broken stock. Do not buy Tesla right now. It is on the underside of the um, the nine day. Uh, they announced that they are dropping the prices of the Model Three and the Model Y. Uh, those are their two most popular cars here in America and uh, the Europe, uh, European Union. They're dropping prices in both places now with the drop in prices. That means it cuts into their margins. So what you're seeing, just logically put it out there. Uh, you know, Elon builds um, the, the German plant. Elon builds the Texas plant. Elon expands uh, the Texas plant. Elon expands the China plant. Uh, all of a sudden, China now is in a backlog. Uh, you know, they have, they, they're pr- producing more cars than they actually need, so they cut the prices consumers revolt who just bought it um what you're seeing now here in america is they're going to cut the prices you're going to get the tax rebate uh, and they're trying to stir up demand it is clear that they moved up production so fast and they had this glut and they did what every other auto manufacturer was trying to do even with the chips there was the chip shortage remember They upped all of their production because people wanted new cars. They were trying to push the cars. Well, all of a sudden, they they now have a demand problem because they're producing so many cars. Do not buy this stock right now. I think you're going back. If we pull this back to a daily, and I think you can still see it, but TrendSpider might not pull it back that way because the further we go out, the harder it is to actually see this. You can see this gap. And it's way back here, and I can't see the start of it. But this is a daily chart, and this has a lot more kind of magnetism, but it's between 81 and 84. I think that's where you're going to see this stock go to. Um, Now, that's significantly down. That's why I say do not buy this stock because I think at the very least, you can start a position when you go under 100. But I do think that this one is just a broken stock. Uh, I think at 100, I think a lot of people start stepping in. And so you can start stepping in because at 100, I think that's a key level where people will start buying this one again and drive the price back up. So I, I want to see, I, I am completely out of this one. I am not in. And by the way, speaking of uh, my partnership with Trendspider, did you guys see I'm sponsored by State Farm? There's some people on, uh, on, on Spotify that uh, have told me that they're hearing Carvana um, sponsored, but I put in the private Facebook group, I think I put it even out on Twitter and Instagram, but I put that out there, um, a screenshot. It says sponsored by State Farm. Jake may be showing up at my house soon. Who knows? I wanted to go over some of the streamers um, because year to date, these things are crazy. Warner Brothers, um, which is in talks about getting rid of their music catalog, selling their music catalog. Uh, look at this. 
That was December 28th at $9.17. Year to date, they are up 40%. This is a streaming company that's making no money. You've got this gap here between 15 and 17. That is in range. Um, It's getting the button hook. It's getting extended. This is a hugely uh, expensive stock. When you look at this, they are not making money. Their forward PE is 141, but year to date, 38%. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. The target average target price is $20 from analysts. Might be an opportunity for you. Um, another streamer, Disney. We talked about Disney with the um, Nelson Peltz, who is an activist investor. Uh, if you could have gotten Disney under 90, I think you're, you know, you're doing great. I think it, anything under 100, honest to God, I think there's a $120 stock at some point in time. The problem that you have with Disney is the debt. And Nelson Peltz talked about this. They have to redo the debt. They have to buy Hulu. Where's that money coming from? They're going to go further in debt. So this is a hugely in-debt company. Uh, Iger, did, he's the one that did the Fox deal that threw them into debt. It was just a bad, bad deal. Um, so what are they going to do? Don't know. Uh, December 12th, Morgan Stanley, outweight 125 to 115. You look at these price targets, they're all around 120. I don't think 120 is out of the question in this, this stock. You can see that 200-day is providing a resistance level. I think if you can get this between 90 and 100, I think start your position and get in. I have not put money into this one. I need to. This is a long-term portfolio play. This is not a company that's going to zero. This is a company that, if anything, is going up to 120, could go to 60 just because of the debt. It's expensive. And to, to monetize that debt in a, a rate environment with raising rates, it costs them more money. Um, so uh, here's Paramount Global. Paramount Global up 20% year to date. We had this algorithm buy at 1681 on December 30th. You're at 1985, up 20%. Uh, they're not making money either. Now, uh, of these companies... Disney's making money. Disney's like, oh, Paramount Global actually is making money. Uh, 4.7, but their forward PE is 15. It's expensive, but they have a crazy dividend of 4.75%. I didn't even know that. Oof. This looks like a great stock. Shit, maybe Jim um, Obenthal or whatever his name is, Farmer Jim on CNBC was right. I think that's the one that he's talking about. Roku. This is a Kathy Wood darling. <laughs> Hit a bottom of 39.58. Uh, it is now at 49.38, up 20%. This company, I don't like their interface personally. I bought a, a Chromecast. I like Google's interface much better. They're not making money. Um, their performance year to date, they're up 20%, but they were down 80%. They're only 29% be- above their 52-week low, and their 52-week low was 38.26. So I... It, I wouldn't get into this one, but if you wanted to, that 200 day is probably the top part. So you'd be moving from 49 to 55. Personally, out of this entire group, I think Paramount Global is probably your best bet. Um, It is a little bit expensive. It's bumping up against that 200 day. So mind you, probably 16 is coming um, before you get up to some of these gaps up here in 28. Um, You kind of probably going to cover this gap, but it's not worth the risk. 
I'd wait until you get back to 16, 17 or 16. The MACD is, is cro- going to cross down, and that, that RSI is going to come down. They've just run up too much. Um, let's take a look at XOM. Uh, XOM for Al Jr. on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, let's take a look at XOM. This is one I personally hold. I think I still have about $100,000 worth of this. It's a favorite of mine. Uh, this is one that I bought back in July of 2020, I believe. Um, so if we go back to a weekly on this one, energy is still in an uptrend. And this one is in an uptrend. Look at that weekly. It just, you know, this is 2020 right here. This is the, the global pandemic. Um, I believe I bought somewhere in this neighborhood. Uh, and it slid down. I mean, honest to God, it slid down. Um, I, I think I bought it at about 40. I think my average purchase price on the way down was right there around 39 or so. Um, I sold up here at 110. You know, this is, this is part of what I tell you. In a good company with good leadership and good earnings, and specifically in energy, which you knew was coming back, at $20 a barrel, I mean, I was investing in energy back here in March, and it went, you know, UCO, um, I thought was a great buy. It was not because it's a decaying asset. I should have been investing in Exxon. I should have been investing in um, Chevron. I should have been investing in Oxy. I should have been investing in companies that actually own oil, not ETFs that trade on the futures of oil. That was my mistake. I lost a bunch of money on that one learning experience. But as I got into investing in oil, I got into the companies and I've, I've made a bunch of money. Does this mean that it's too late to get into this? No, because Exxon, look at their PE. It's at nine. You know, the, Traditionally, these have been at five and four, but it's got a 3.21% dividend. Year to date, it's up 2%. Um, your oil right now is at about $70, $80 a barrel. The oil producers want it at 120. The governments want it between 60 and 70. Here's the thing. <clears throat> there is an, a limited supply of oil. Demand is unlimited. Supply is limited. So suppliers like OPEC may cut back their production. Uh, you can see that the, the, the Russian oil that was taken out of the system had a huge impact on the price of oil. Uh, we spent... Um, we've got 20 million barrels that or 40 million barrels that we've got to put back, might be 200 million barrels, back in the uh, strategic oil reserves. We've got to put all that back. Uh, our U.S. government has not started to replenish that. Where are they going to replenish that? They want to do it as low as possible. Well, when you pull back demand, um, you can do it. And you can do it at the prices today. If you don't pull back demand and demand continues to increase with China opening and you've got to refill those oil strategic oil reserves, you're going to be paying a premium price for it. So it's not too late to get into this. Exxon particularly, I would say from a, um, an algorithm standpoint, I'd like to buy this one anywhere between 100 and 110. Um, the, the, the algorithm got you in at 110.38. You're only at 112. So it's not crazy to think that, hey, 112 is a crazy price. January 30th is your, your, your earnings date. Right now, you, your RSI is at 61. I would probably wait for it to get down below 110. Maybe start a position there. I think I sold at 110. I sold a bunch, but it was tax loss harvesting that I was looking at. Uh, by the way, 
What's up today? United Healthcare, UNH. Um, this is one of the ones I'll go over my trades. I bought this at 485. I waited for it to go down. It's back over 500. Uh, it's at 505. You're up almost 2% today. So uh, patience in the market can make you money. Uh, good companies can make you money when they pull back. Uh, let's look at Costco because Costco is the other one that I wanted to get into and I didn't get into because I was greedy. I didn't want to buy at 440, 450 because I th- said, nah, I don't want to buy at 456. I'm going to wait for it to go to 440. Put in an order, didn't fill. What does it do? Just kind of pops up. Their December sales come out and boom, it pops up in January. I got greedy. I didn't get it. I still say anything under 500 in Costco, you're good. If they announce a membership increase like I think they will, um, this thing's going to pop. Um, another buy this week was Bed Bath & Beyond, and it went over that in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the short explanation. Um, and it's down. Uh, I'm going to take a look at it. I might sell, take some profits, may buy back in. But I'll probably get out of that today. I don't want to hold on to it in the weekend because I just don't think the weekend is good. Uh, another one that I got into, Mara. Uh, Mara should be flying. Uh, it's got all the confirmation in the world. Um, for some reason, this one's going up. I don't know what the reason is. Uh, I think it's just cryptocurrency is hanging on and crypto's coming back into um, uh, into into play and Mara was a good play. I think I bought this one at six dollars. Uh, maybe it was four dollars. Uh, I forget, but I bought into this one. Small position, not huge. We're talking hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. Um, but it's moving. It's moving higher. Uh, Wells Fargo. We talked about those earnings. I bought at forty dollars and fifty cents. It is at forty dollars and ninety one cents. Um, it is going back to where I bought it. Am I hurt by it? Nah, it's got a dividend. I think it's going to put in this floor um, probably between 39 and 40. Uh, that seems to be kind of where it goes when it pulls back. You can get into it, ride it up to 44, get your 10% if you want. Uh, right now, the MACD is kind of crossing down. So you're going to get an exit on this one. You're probably going to get a loss from this 41.29 point. The RSI right now is at 37. Uh, it's quickly getting in there, but like I say, any reaction in the market is an overreaction. So I'm kind of holding on to this one. I did start a small position. It wasn't a big position. It's just a couple thousand dollars, but my goal is to get to tens of thousands of dollars in, in, in financials. And so, uh, Wells Fargo was just a small piece of that. I'll probably add to my bank of America today. Uh, as that one pulls back, <clears throat> that one's at 3385. Um, the low today was $33.09. So I'll probably put in a buy around $33. I don't think $33 for Bank of America is a horrible one to buy. Um, but those are my four trades, Bed Bath & Beyond Mara and UNH and WFC. Bed Bath & Beyond Mara are trades. Uh, UNH and WFC are starts of positions in my long-term portfolio. Let's talk about scans. Uh, Lululemon, I had said any reaction in the market is an overreaction. And maybe wait until you buy it. Um, it got down here uh, on its earnings, down to 289. And I said, under 300, you probably should buy it. Today, you're at 315. The algorithm cross up is at 315. I, I don't know that I'd wait. I'd buy this one right now. I think you could get it closer to 305. 
The problem is you're going to be pushing up against this 200-day at 325. So if you buy Lululemon, in my opinion, this is not a trade, a short-term trade. This is buying it so that you can hold it till it gets back up to this 371 level. I have no doubt in my mind at some point in time it will. Uh, I don't know that that is is this year. I don't know if it's next year. But this is a long-term portfolio play in my mind. And the only reason I'm bringing that one up is is because of that. Uh, the other long-term play that I think is is an opportunity is Lily. And Lily, the 200-day, is at 343. It's trading at 361 right now. The algorithm had you buy in at 359. I think you can get that 359. This is one that I think you can hold on to. Their earnings are coming up in February 1st, uh, and their ex-dividend date is on February 14th. Now, they have a small dividend. I don't think it's huge for a biopharmaceutical company. It's 1.26. Their PE is 53. So it is expensive, and these earnings will need to stay high for it to be uh, to justify that PE. Um, but I do think that you, this is one that you can buy um, I think anywhere between 340 and I'd say 3, 350, 355. I think you will get this at 355 at some point in time between now and earnings. Uh, I just think that the market has has roared up a little bit. Um, it's kind of semi coming back actually right now. Um, but Lily was one. Another one in the energy space, and it's kind of energy space, but it's Arco, A R K O. And these are gas stations. It had a cross up here at $8.52. If you know anything about gas, you know that it's up at, um, uh, it, it's $3 a gallon. I, I don't know. Um, but this one is below its 200 day. Uh, the last time it had this death cross, the 50 day is kind of uh, mo- still moving down, but the nine day and the 21 day are moving up. So 852, the only reason I bring this up is, again, because I think it's chart-wise, it's a good play. When you go into um, uh, Finviz and you look, the PE is 16. It's expensive. It's got an ex-dividend date of 1.41. Performance over one year, though, this one kind of held up. It's 0.83%. The last Wells Fargo equal weight $7.75 was the price target. But that was way back in um, May of last year. So you can kind of see, read some of the articles if you're interested in this one. Chart-wise, I think this one brings about a decent opportunity. I still think that there's better places for your money. But since it crossed up in the, um, in the space, and if you use Arco gas stations, you might want to look into this one. Now, the, the algorithm loses you 41% in this stock. Um, buying and holding makes you 5%. So the algorithm isn't great on this one. Your average win is 7%, but you only win 25% of the time. So if you're going to get into this one, take your chances on this one. Remember, I'm the guy who got people into Ring Energy, which is a uh, energy play that has significant um, uh, debt issues. And it's just kind of lingered around there between 230 and 240. Uh, it's at 238 right now. Hasn't really moved. You can see the volume's kind of moving down. The 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 price action is not really moving down as well. Kind of indicates that maybe there's some weakness in this stock. But uh, I'm the guy that gets you in there. So take Arco with a grain of salt. Okay. Any questions? Hit me up. Remember, I'll be doing. Uh, I'm hoping to schedule a time 
for a TrendSpider um, uh, overview and knowledge kind of instruction from one of their instructors. So if you have any questions on TrendSpider, hit me up. Um, if you have any questions on stocks, hit me up. Uh, look at the link in the description, the link tree there. It has all of the socials if you want to join that. If you've made it this far, rate on uh, whatever platform. You know, Put in a, um, a review on Apple uh, and, and put in a review. Tell me that you like UNH. Tell me that I'm a genius for sending you into KOLD. Uh, tell me that you know Bed Bath & Beyond, you made a fortune because you shorted it at $2. Uh, tell me that you got into Mara at $3. Tell me whatever uh, information that you want on that review. I'll read it. Uh, but just make sure that you put five stars there if you're on Spotify or any of the others. Okay. Have a great weekend. Uh, we are closed Monday. Markets are closed Monday. So uh, mind you, I won't be on on Monday. But I will be doing my fire podcast this weekend. I got a couple of uh, messages from people who are pretty, pretty uh, happy with that one. Uh, I'll be going over income. This week, first episode was really about finding out your fire number, your retirement early number, and what kind of money you needed to retire early. Second episode was about expenses and how to control those expenses and making sure, because listen, the, the reality of uh, retiring early is you've got to balance no income or little income um, with your expenses. So you got to get your expenses under control. And then now I'm going to go over kind of income. Are, are there other things that you can get income from? Uh, can you ma maximize your taxes to uh, maximize your income? Um, can you do other things like, you know, do you have a skill? Uh, do you like to talk about stocks? Can you start a podcast? Um, do you like charting? You know, can you develop a software program uh, that, that does charting? Um, you know, are you an entrepreneur? Uh, could you start a business that turns into a side hustle, that turns into a career that provides you income? Do you like real estate? Maybe real estate's on the side, but we'll save that for the FIRE podcast. But thanks, you guys, for listening. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy.